When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. In terms of what happens next, ask the Manchester United found about after Sir Alex Ferguson left, right? <laughs> Hello everybody, my name's James and for the benefit of those listening back to the audio, you're listening to Ask James, my regular YouTube live stream where I welcome questions from the YouTube community on anything football related and after this morning's shocking news, I'm expecting some Liverpool questions. If you've missed it and you're living under a rock this morning, Jurgen Klopp has announced he will be leaving Liverpool at the end of this current season. In terms of just an update from the Carabao Cup results, um, obviously Liverpool-Chelsea would have been our expectations for the Carabao Cup final. So there's no updates in terms of uh, any fixture news and it was never likely to be till the FA Cup fixtures were gone this weekend. The projection would still be that Liverpool and Luton would be brought forward from game week 26 to game week 25. Chelsea and Tottenham is likely to be played later in the season. We will be doing a full chip strategy podcast again on Monday following the weekend's FA Cup games and obviously, very importantly, Sunday's fifth round draw. Let's get into the questions. CM Punk 2310 says, Hi James, what's your opinion on Bernardo Silva and Jeremy Doku as assets for the upcoming fixtures? Punty. In a word, and, and I don't mind that. You want to punt a Manchester City player and they've got great fixtures and we know obviously the double game in game with 25. Yeah, I don't mind. Um, I think probably prefer Bernardo um, purely because I think Doku's liable to be uh, a one-pointer or perhaps Hall as we saw in that fixture against Bournemouth. I want to say around about game week 11, maybe might have been 10. Um, but also what I've seen of City recently suggests to me that it will be very much holding the touchline as the widest of a, a front five as City like to break into. We want to get a line of five across the front. And whoever plays left wing is highly likely to be responsible for holding that touchline very wide. Um, that falls on to Doku. I think that makes him a, a little less interesting. Bernardo's not likely to just hold the touchline on the right. He'll move into central areas, either more advanced or deeper or may also find himself in a role himself where he ends up deeper in the team, perhaps alongside Rodri. Um, but it's really difficult to say because I think certainly in terms of punting one of those two players, I'd probably want to leave that decision on them a little bit later rather than doing it now. I think it's worth remembering, I know there's been a lot of attention on Erling Haaland, who according to Pep is not going to play tonight, but possibly may get some minutes against Burnley on Wednesday. 
John Stones is close as well. And that's going to have a major impact in terms of how City play, uh, particularly with the ball. So I'd rather leave that sort of decision late rather than punting one now and potentially getting that wrong, is all I'd say, if you're working towards 25. I know 22 is a really good fixture. Um, see how you feel after tonight will certainly help. I think Doku might be ahead of Grealish a little bit, perhaps uh, in terms of favouritism over these forthcoming fixtures where control will be less of a priority for City because of the opponents they're playing. They will naturally just have it in the majority of these games anyway. So I think Doku would have favouritism. I'd be concerned about where Bernardo's playing. So the honest answer to your question is right now, neither would be high on the agenda for me, but I wouldn't rule either out either. Uh, Ian from Melbourne says, hello, James. Hope you and the family are doing well with the FA Cup again this weekend. Can you give us your memories of that hat-trick from super sub Ronnie Rosenthal at Southampton in 1995? My God. Um, so we drew 1-1 at home to Southampton in the fifth round. Um, which was a disappointment because it was favoured to go through, whereas they were a side that was struggling against relegation. Played the replay 11 days later. Southampton were 2-0 up at half-time in the final minute of the first half. I don't know why he didn't wait till half-time, but he didn't. Uh, Jerry Francis bought on uh, Ronnie Rosenthal, I think from memory, I want to say for Stuart Nevercott, because um, I think we played with a back five, which we didn't normally do, but I think we did on that night, and it didn't work. Ronnie came on, played predominantly, uh, obviously wide, and he he was he was shit, he was rubbish. But he had this one night where everything he hit just went in, and that and that was the night. Um, he scored a hat trick, uh, two in normal time, which got the game to extra time. Scored the third shortly after extra time, um, with three great goals. Two of them were from outside the box, and we went on to win six two. Uh, an extra time, romped away of it in the end. I always remember our neighbour at the time was a Chelsea fan. It was a nice bloke, actually. Yeah, there's some nice Chelsea fans. I was, obviously, would have been sort of, how old would I have been? 11 at the time. And he'd gone out and he'd said to his wife, don't tell me the, the score of the Tottenham game. I'll watch the highlights on like match of the day or whatever it was later that night. Anyway, because the game's gone to extra time, Obviously, the game's still going on. He comes in the house and all we can hear is us in the living room at like 10 o'clock at night. Spurs are on their way to Wembley. So he had a, he had a good indication that we'd won. Um, yeah, strange night. He never really did anything before it. He never really did anything after it. He was a willing, hardworking player, but very low on quality. Uh, CM Punk 2310 says also most expendable out of Jimenez, Solanke and Watkins can buy back Solanke in 27 after downgrading Trent in 26. Selling Jimenez will restrict buying good options in the midfield. Why would Jimenez restrict when he's the cheapest of those players? And I guess really, look, you've got three players there at different price points. So it's relatable to what you want to go and buy and how much money you need, right? So if you can afford to keep Watkins, keep Watkins. Right? If you can afford to keep Solanke, keep Solanke. Um, it's worth saying Bournemouth's victory last night and Liverpool going through in the Carabao Cup, I think lessens even more so the likelihood of Bournemouth versus Liverpool being arranged soon. It can still go anywhere, but I was very much of the thinking that if Bournemouth had lost last night, I would have changed the projection to put that game into game with 26. That now can't happen because Bournemouth will play in the FA Cup fifth round. So... 
I'm a Solanke owner and I'm intending to certainly give myself at least a weekend and some breathing space to make a decision. Could be that he's a sacrifice for me for Haaland. I, I don't imagine that's the way I'll go. I'd more likely cut Alvarez, not even necessarily this week, but at some point very soon. So information at the weekend is really important. Uh, Jimenez wouldn't be out of my thinking as, as an enabler that you could look at to get in, part to fund money. Watkins, I don't want to sell. I think he falls into a bracket similar to Jared Bowen and Bukayo Saka, where I'd like to keep these players longer term. But if I am trying to open up uh, funds to have Holland and Salah longer term and hold on to a trend or get a KDB with it, then these players are potentially sacrifices. So it's which player would I rather have? Well, it's a scale based on their value. So the answer really lies in what you want to do with the money rather than just a straightforward who's most expendable. Uh, also says last one for me in what scenario start slash off bench slash unused sub in the Tottenham City would you consider getting KDB and or Haaland I think it's probably more about feelings so that Pep's presser on Monday slash Tuesday is obviously going to be important I imagine it'll be Tuesday he's obviously going to be important um, I think in the case of Haaland we're not likely to get anything definitive unless he's not playing i.e. if Pep says that he's still not ready, then we know he's still not ready. But I don't suppose Pep's going to say, yeah, he's going to start and we're going to play 70 minutes. Like that information is probably not going to be forthcoming. I shouldn't imagine. KDB, I think we'll, we'll have a better understanding tonight of how we feel. It, it may well be that KDB's a, a sub again. For example, it might be that it's maybe it's 45 minutes this time or a little bit less. Maybe play starts an hour. He probably doesn't play all 90 tonight. Um, I think there needs to be an awareness as well that if Tottenham and City is a draw, obviously it goes to a replay. City's fixture at Brentford in game at 23 moves to the Monday back to the Saturday. City could then end up in a position where they're playing Wednesday, Saturday, and then the replay with Tottenham might be the Tuesday. Um, and then obviously over that six days, both teams will play three times. Um, and then KDB's not going to start all of them. So tonight is really important. KDB's very much in my thinking. I've been saying most of the week that I'd probably know when I walk out the ground tonight how I feel about him and wanting to get him in. But it's also relatable to Haaland. Because if I think Haaland's going to start on Wednesday night, then that, that becomes the priority for me. I think for KDB, if I buy, I possibly want to captain him. And then I think I, re I need real confidence to do that. So... Look, we've got more information tonight with the game and then we've got more information early next week. But yeah, KDB is very much in thoughts. Haaland is relying on, I think at the moment, on Pep saying something almost unexpected on Monday, Tuesday as it stands. Um, but it might also be, I mentioned this to Clayton this morning in passing, like what if Alvarez got injured tonight? And then if Pep goes on Monday, Tuesday, yeah, he's available. Then I'll be steaming in, right? Beth Media says, hi, James. How does Phillips fit in the West Ham team, you think? Uh, with Ward, Prowse, Alvarez and Socha, even Pakatar, who gives way? And is it good for the attackers too? Uh, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm just going to say fan is probably not, not right. But uh, actually, yes, yeah, sod it. Let's say yeah, I'm a fan of Calvin Phillips. I think he's a very good footballer. Um, I've been one who's been quite, let's say pro him staying in the England team, but I've, I've long felt that he's the best partner for Declan Rice and we should consider that. I think it might take him a while to get back up to the speed of regularly playing again. Um, so it might be that he's eased in with that midfield free. I don't think West Ham need to rush it, but they certainly needed depth, right? You see on Sunday without Alvarez, suddenly they're light, have changed the system, gone to a 4-2-3-1. They got a bit overrun in midfield by essentially the weakest team in the league. So I think 
moving forward, I, I think the one it impacts most will probably be Sochek. But I think we might also get a rotation from that sort of perspective. Remember, obviously, West Ham are in Europa as well. That starts back up after game week 27. So it might be that there's even a bit of rotation for the likes of Ward Prowse. But I would think it's Suchek's place in the team that's probably more up for it. The one that should benefit in the longer term, maybe for fantasy, might well be James Ward Prowse, who might well play a more advanced role. Um, but there's a few different options for West Ham now. Uh, Milan Rizavi says, Hey, James, uh, gutted currently as a Liverpool fan with the Jurgen Klopp news. But first, though, after that was the replacements, who do you think? Xavi being the obvious one for me. Yeah, Xavi Alonso, you would think, um, with the brilliant work that he's doing at Bayer Leverkusen, would be the natural choice for Liverpool moving forward. Knows the club. It's a different style, so I think it would feel fresh. I think because Klopp has done so well um, over his nine years with Liverpool, that just trying to replicate, you know, get the get the next Jurgen Klopp, if you will, and that might be the, the wrong way to go about doing it. Alonso's got a very different style with what he's doing at the moment. Leverkusen, there are some similarities, which is probably I was going to say picked up through learning, but he's obviously not worked with with Klopp, but I, I think, you know, the high intensity of what Liverpool fans would expect from their football team, he'll have an understanding of that. That feels like the obvious one. Uh, my first reaction was to think of Ange, because I know that Ange did follow Liverpool uh, as a kid. Uh, and I would be quite fearsome uh, or fearful rather if uh, they came knocking for him, because I think it would be tempting. It might be perhaps a, a year or two too early. So look, I hope Liverpool obviously go in a, a different direction. They would do much work, much worse than consider Ange. I think Ange would, if Ange wanted to go and they wanted Ange, it'd been an incredible point appointment for them. I'm not hugely concerned about it because I think Alonso is is the natural choice there to look at. Steven Gerrard must be bitterly disappointed he's renewed for an extra couple of years in Saudi Arabia. Obviously, I say that in jest. Yeah, Alonso feels like the obvious one, doesn't it? I think it's been said that Pep Linders, who's Klopp's assistant, who many thought probably would take over. He's probably going to leave the club as well. I think I've seen this morning, and apologies, I've, I've been doing other content this morning, so I haven't seen all of the news. Um, but I think yeah, Xavi Alonso just does feel quite obvious. It's an obvious step up for him. He was getting linked a lot with the Real Madrid job, but obviously Carlo Ancelotti has signed an extension. So, I, you know, Leverkusen wouldn't stand in his way. They couldn't. And he's having, he's doing incredible at the moment. They are right in with a chance of winning the Bundesliga. Uh, Milan also says other option for the job for me would be Iriola, Deservey, Thomas Frank, and obviously Ange. I know. Let me dream. No, I'm going to shoot that down. Thomas Frank, no, uh, I don't think. And I think same for Andoni Iriola at the moment. Deservey, yeah, you couldn't rule out. Um, I do see Deservey more at City. I have <laughs> longer term. I have to say that. Um, but it, certainly most of you will know what I think of Roberto De Zerbi. And if that was Liverpool's choice, then I'm sure they would do very, very well. But it, yeah, it does feel like Xabi Alonso would, would be the obvious one to go to. Uh, Ollie Rose says, good after. And uh, do you know what? I also wouldn't be surprised. I saw that, um, just to add to that, I saw the small, uh, this morning that, that Klopp informed Liverpool of his decision in November. So I think you'd, you'd have to ask, why now? Why why has the decision come now? Um, you could say, well, you know, it's only FA Cup fourth round this this week. Um, but Liverpool are about to come into an intense period with the Chelsea Arsenal games afterwards and they're right in the battle for the title. So why now? 
it could it be that Liverpool have got the job done and they've already reached an agreement with someone like Alonso? That did occur to me this morning. Uh, and obviously under that basis, they're obviously all just keeping it quiet. But it might be the announcements come now because the deal is agreed. I wouldn't be surprised by that. Uh, Ollie Rose says, good afternoon, James. Hope you're well today. Please, can we get a reaction on the clock news? Well, not much to add than what I've said, but um, yeah, staggering. I was up in the studio doing some stuff and Clayton messaged me and he said, Klopp, Klopp's gone. What, what exactly did he say? Um, I think he said Klopp news or something. He just put Klopp in capital letters. I was like, what? And then he followed it by leaving end of season. And I, obviously it was a massive shock. Massive shock. I don't think any of us could foresee that coming. Having seen bits of his, his interview tomorrow, and I think he's got a press later today, it becomes clear that I think he's tired. Uh, and that's understandable. He's done an incredible job for, for so long. So, yeah, shock, right? Absolute shock. And then my, my next thought, as I said, was, like, oh, shit, Ange. <laughs> uh, Vish says, uh, was Klopp's timing of announcement good? Question. Um I don't know. Like I said, maybe the announcement came today because maybe Liverpool have, have, have said to him now, look, we've, we know who we're going for or we, we've got it in place. Now we're happy for you to release that that story publicly. So there'll be numbers of reasons for the timing. And you can make say, a case to say kind of the winter break that perhaps, you know, after the FA Cup third round, what, why not do it then? And Liverpool have a couple of weeks to think about it. Or maybe they're thinking, look, the club's playing Sunday, Wednesday, Sunday. You know, get on with it. Give them a good reception Sunday in a game that they should win. And then the two more difficult games afterwards, focus turns very much onto the team and, and trying to win football matches. So we haven't got the info of weeks. So I mean, we can spin that narrative either way. I, to say the timing's bad, it's like anything, right? If Liverpool were to lose to Chelsea and lose to Arsenal, then people will say the timing's bad, right? Liverpool win those two games, people say, well, the timing's good, right? And then there's momentum to think, right, see him off in style, win the title, etc. JP says, hi, James, if you had to buy a KDB, who would you sell at a sack of Bowen Richarlison? Good question. Um, I wouldn't want to sell Richarlison this week. Might be a case for it afterwards. We've obviously Tottenham now blanking 26. And I guess it's relative to that as well, right? As much as you probably wouldn't want to sell this week, Consider that South Korea play Saudi Arabia on Tuesday. Um, you should know before deadline if they've gone through or not, and then Sun might be back in 23. Now, is there a direct impact on Richarlison? Probably not, actually. Probably would should only be good news, right? But it possibly does have a bit of impact. We certainly know that that would eat into Richarlison's minutes, at least, I think. Um, because I think Tottenham had been using this period where they moved Sun sort of through the middle in the last 15 minutes or so, whereas... Richarlison's going to be close to a 90-minute player while Son's absent. So I think that's, there's that to factor in. Uh, Bowen and Saka, we're going to get some information this weekend in terms of one of them. I say definitely it's not. Obviously, Chelsea Villa could go to a replay tonight. Um, but there'll be information possibly forthcoming tonight in terms of which one of those two players has a fixture in game with 29. That may have an influence based on your strategy going forward. I think for me personally... I'm influenced by, for me, it has to be Saka. If I go KDB and want to leave money open for Haaland, it has to be Saka. So I'm part influenced by that in terms of my answer. Um, 
I would not want to sell Richarlison this week. I must add that. So there's a case to say, timing-wise, Bournemouth's fine, but then United away, Arsenal at home, the timing might be right for Bowie. Kudos is back, and that's going to be good news for him as well. Uh, Dermot Whelan says, Hi, James. Hope all is well. Liverpool fans are gutted to see Klopp go. Surely Klopp leaving is the final nail in the coffin for Salah to go to Saudi at the end of the season. I think a lot of us suspected that that would potentially happen anyway, maybe. I, I, I think he's out of contracts in 2025, I think, Mo Salah. So I think it's a couple of other Liverpool players might be as well. So I don't think any of us would be hugely surprised if that happens. Um, but who knows? It might be a new manager comes in and he feels re-energised by a new fresh challenge at Liverpool. So I wouldn't assume that. Berth Media says, by the way, how's the injury, mate? Getting better, speedy recovery. Uh, not good. <laughs> it's not It's not good. This week's been bad. Today's been better. Um, not, not good. I'll leave it there. Uh, JP says, your top five Sky Fantasy football punts for the next month. Oh, City players. So... Uh, Edison, Walker, Diaz, Stones when he's back, Bernardo Silva, KDB. I mean, it really is that, isn't it? Uh, Jota at Liverpool, maybe. Um, Trent will be back and won't be in a lot of teams because obviously he didn't play against Bournemouth. So he's still primarily going to be that, isn't it? Tony soon, Solanke, if he has an extra fixture, maybe. Yeah, it's it's not going to be anything out of the ordinary over this period, I don't think, mate. Uh, OG Noz says, trust me as a Celtic fan, if Anne says you'll be surprised how long I'm here, then it's time to panic. <laughs> okay, noted, mate. Uh, ben Washington says, hi, James, hope you're well. Start Palmer or Garnacho this week. I uh, think it's closer than I initially thought after watching COTC. I think Wolves will be tired after this weekend. There's a four-day gap from Sunday morning to Thursday night, mate. So, um, no, I just, I just think... I think a lot will have a debate with Palmer this week. Um, perhaps Solanke, Anthony Gordon. I play Palmer over Garnacho. It would be quite straightforward for me, I think. Uh, Thomas Higginson says, if Holland is fit, who's a better sell, Darwin or Watkins? Fixtures versus form. Again, the weekend is important. Should Luton lose tomorrow and Liverpool lose on Sunday, as unlikely as that might sound right now, it's the cup and weird shit happens then Liverpool loot and there's every chance he'll just stay in game with 26, right? That then changes the game. Um, if we think after this weekend that Liverpool are going to double in 25, then I couldn't be selling Nunes at this moment. So it would have to be Watkins on that basis. JP says, with the Klopp news, do you think Liverpool go and win the majority of the competitions they're in? I mean, to say the majority, mate, would be winning three out of four competitions. So although they're very capable and we're only two games from winning the quadruple back in 2022, uh, it's unrealistic to say the majority. Uh, hello, Jamie Hayes. Hope you're well. Will Shaw says, hey, James, I've got Porro, Richarlison, Gusto, Palmer, Trent and Salah. Who would you aim to hold through the blank? There's a case to say that the priority would maybe be selling the Chelsea players. Um, you know, part of your thinking there is going to be relatable to, did you buy Cole Palmer at like 4.9, right? I mean, it is going to come into your thinking, like it or not. But if we're looking at City away blank, and then say if they're not playing against Arsenal in 29, but it's still Arsenal, and suddenly you're looking at City away blank, Brentford away, Newcastle at home blank, right? That's cuttable, isn't it? 
Uh, whereas Tottenham have like Wolves at home in 25, Palace at home 27, uh, and may also have a better fixture in 29, possibly against Fulham. So from that perspective, it, it'd possibly be cut Chelsea players first, then maybe uh, Tottenham. Well, I say first, it's cut them on 25, maybe not before. Porro, I think there's information to gather in the next few games with Madison's return. Is that going to have... Um, an expected goal involvement decline in his potential output. It might do. It also might not. So there's things to learn from that. I wouldn't want to sell the Tottenham players this week. That's clear. So if I had to sell this week, generally the, the first one I'd probably cut there is Salah um, or, or Gusto. With Mo, we've got to, we've got to, we've got to ask ourselves: Is he even going to be back for 25? His agent said in the week, three to four weeks. Right? It's now the 26th of January. Liverpool play at Brentford on the 17th of February, which is the opening game of game with 25. Is he even back? So I think on that basis, it's Salah out first. Probably Gusto. Palmer, you don't really want to sell. I don't think you want to sell Richarlison or Porro this week. So... In terms of selling first, it's Salah. In terms of holding through the blank, again, uh, for me, I would certainly have eyes on selling Trent specifically in game with 26, I think. So that just opens up money quite safely. If Mo is back in place, he probably stays. The Chelsea players are cuttable. Arguably, it might be the Tottenham players you might want to keep. We will know more after the weekend. Sorry, bottle job answer, but it's the truthful answer. Dominic Jervis says, hi, James. Great content this week, as always. Do you think Liverpool could drop off now Klopp has announced retirement? Or will it spur him on to win something for him? Again, right? A little bit like, oh, the timing of the announcement. I'm not there in that position. I would imagine it would probably only spur them on knowing that football club um, and some of the narrative romantic stories his historically for them. It probably only helps them on the immediate for this season. Yep, get him out on a high. I would imagine so. Can't think as many people there at Liverpool have heard that. I, I'm referring to players here. I can't think. There's always one or two in a group. Be like, That's good news. But I can't think there'd be many. I can't. And when I say good news, I mean from the perspective of, oh, under a new manager, I might get more of a chance or something like that. That's all. Because people will think individually. But from the perspective of the news for Liverpool directly, like it's bad news, isn't it? It's one of the great managers. Um, it's, I think it's only more likely for the short term in the immediate, it's probably more likely to give them a, a real kind of laser sharp focus to get on with the job. But then also factor, like I said, we get into 27, their favourites to win the Europa League. What's the impact then on Thursday, Sunday football? We haven't really had anyone for a while kind of go for the title and go really kind of deep with Thursday, Sunday football. And we'd think that Liverpool would. So again, with these narratives, we can spin them either way, mate. Uh, Bets1604 says, Hi, James. If or should I say when Leicester go, up back, go back up next season, how do you think they'll cope in their first season back? I think... They do probably very good under Enzo Morasco, right? They've been the best team in in that competition. They play a, a brand of football which you would expect to do quite well in the Premier League. I think there would be an awareness that Burnley looked comfortably the strongest team in that league last year and they haven't adapted well. But I also think Burnley came up eventually basically with a team that was weaker than the one that got promoted. And I wouldn't expect that to happen to Leicester. So I would expect them to, to come up 
and do very well. Um, not to the extent I'd say, oh, they'll definitely stay up, but I would expect them to. Williams says, with City potentially getting hard punishment and Klopp leaving, do you think the league will become even more open given all clubs in the top eight, nine Prem can basically spend 200 million per year? Uh, can they, though? <laughs> they can if they sell enough as well, right? PSR, mate. 105 million losses over three years, or if you manage United, that's only 15 million because your owners won't top up anything financially. So, I mean, look, yeah, we might be coming into a period where Arsenal have obviously breached it. Um, but so far, Arsenal have only breached, I say breached it, breached City and Liverpool. So far, it's only breached it one year, right? Should Arsenal finish third and, I don't know, let's just say hypothetically eight, ten points behind Liverpool City, then it's a real gap to close again if that was to be the circumstance. Then you could say, well, Arsenal got in between them once. Now they're third in that run again. So, look, for the clubs who've got ambition to win the title, which includes my own team, in the not not now, but in the longer term, uh, you know, even for Newcastle's, for Arsenal, let's be real about this. City get punished. Klopp leaves Liverpool. On the outside, it probably is. Most others think good. But it doesn't mean whoever comes in to replace Klopp, if it's Shabulon, maybe he'll do even better, right? Maybe he'll take them to a next level. But yes, on the face of it, yes, it, it probably should help the league from that perspective. Just because those two have, say those two acting like Guardiola, but let's say even Guardiola did, right? Let's say City were fine, but Guardiola left. Those two managers are going to be so mad hard to replace, right? In terms of what happens next, ask the Manchester United fan about after Sir Alex Ferguson left, right? Ask even an Arsenal fan about after Arsene Wenger left. Now, Arsene Wenger probably held on for a cut of years too long. But still, as for Unai Emery being the first afterwards, it was tough, right? It didn't go well. So to replace these type of figureheads that have been at football clubs for so long, it's mad tough. Even think of like Tottenham replacing Pochettino. It's taken them this long to get to Ange to kind of reevaluate and find their identity again. It took four years. Uh, FPL Freddy says, Afternoon, James. Is it too late to get Richarlison in for Salah this week? I know he blanks in 26. I mean, no, I mean, you're part of answering the question. So I think Richarlison, I think a few will captain him this week. Um, I think it's a good fixture. Bear in mind what I said about Sun, but it shouldn't directly impact him, but it will, I think, harm his expected minutes in games. So no, fine. If if that's the player that you want to target this week, then I'm I'm in support of it. It feels better than it did prior to Manchester United. Um, what's he got? Six in six. So he's ticking over. Wouldn't be my choice for captain this week. So I still think probably ideally it will be a City player. And for me, you know, if I had to lock it in right now, I'd be going Foden. Um, but yeah, you want to pick up Richarlison. You're aware of the blank. So I presumably, therefore, it works for you, mate. FPL Nasri says, hi, James. Do you not think that we are overlooking the playing time of Foden and even Walker with what seems as the entire team near in return and them having played considerable minutes thus far? Carl Walker, at some, is he going to get a rest at some point? Yeah, probably, particularly later in the season. Is it a huge impact? No, I don't think so. For Foden, if City have got all their assets available, then sure, there's going to be rotation in there. But I'd also factor in that at the moment, what you've got to do with City is you can't say nailed, right? You can't. I hate the word. You know that. What we can say is first choice. And I think certainly now at the moment, his form is too good for him not to be considered first choice. Now, does that mean he definitely plays against Burnley on Wednesday? 
no, of course not. It's Burnley at home. Pep might decide he wants to do something different. He might decide he wants to play Doku on the right and Silver at 10. Like, I have no idea. But on the face of it, with a five-day gap from Tottenham tonight to Burnley Wednesday, I'd be very surprised at the moment if Phil Foden didn't play on Wednesday night. Now, looking forward, that situation could change. I already spoke particularly about, and I think you're probably alluding to it as well, I did a piece last week and said that John Stones would impact all of the offensive players. He will because of where he moves positionally when City have the ball. That has a real impact on the rest of the team. And we know Pep wants Bernardo, really, ideally part of his best 11. He's probably going to want KDB to be back part of it as well. Suddenly, positionally, becomes quite tight. Can they all play together? Yes, definitely. Yes, they can. It certainly means a Doku or Grealish on the left and when it's fit, it certainly means Haaland back through the middle. Then there's a knock-on to Alvarez. I think I talk about narratives all the time. This is one we can spin either way. My conclusion at the moment would be Phil Foden is playing too well to be overly concerned about that at the moment. FPL Hank says, hi, James. Well, are you looking forward to a comfortable victory tonight now that you know Guardiola's on the booze celebrating Jürgen leaving? Um... I think it'd probably be a little bit like Ferguson and Wenger in the sense, um, you know, I think once Wenger knew Ferguson was leaving, there was probably a uh, respect, actually. Uh, um, and those two get on great, it's worth saying, whereas Ferguson and Wenger didn't always, right? Klopp and Guardiola generally do. People have said, oh, you can't quit a rivalry because they get on really well. Um, it's not a rivalry in that sense, but they're, they're competitive competition, let's say. So is Guardiola celebrating? I'll be honest, I think he's probably only focusing on his team tonight. And I think he'll just think, right, the next challenge is coming. And he'll know whatever Liverpool do, you know, Liverpool aren't going to appoint someone who's not up to the job, right? Particularly with time to think about it. I'd probably trust that football club to make a good decision. So it's just different challenge upcoming, I think, for, for Guardiola. So... It might be relieved a little bit because I think he, he's probably, he's, well, I say probably has been his toughest fixture, really. Um, <laughs> removing the weirdness of the, the the historic results at Tottenham. Klopp's been his hardest game. But I think he, he probably himself today will be thinking, yeah, me and me and Dan have spoken about this a lot, and Johnny, uh, our Liverpool and City correspondents, about the two clubs being good for each other, pushing each other on, pushing each other on, like... Like City perhaps started particularly slow last year because Liverpool also did. Um, and I think they'll inspire each other in this running. Conor Lachlan says, afternoon, James. Hope you're well. Do you have a write-up anywhere of potential chip strategies, potentially on the Patreon? Enjoy the game tonight. We'll be cheering uh, on City. Sorry. Well, you, mate. Um, no, there's no write-up specifically. Um, I'm sure... That particularly after Monday's pod, someone will probably do their own thread on it. Um, is there a write-up specifically? No. Could I do one? Maybe, but it's all going to get covered on the audio and it'll take me longer to write it down than it will all for the, the audio. Um, I won't have many notes. I will have some, but there'll be like bullet point notes, So, um, which I know and understand just to kind of a prompt and remember to to cover things off. So no, no is the honest answer. Uh, and if I did have one at this moment, it'd be useless to you because I think over the next three days, uh, the landscape will likely change. Uh, Hanny says, hi, James, would you play Gross or Palmer next game? Where I had this discussion with a few of our patrons on an advanced uh, Zoom call yesterday. 
Uh, and there was a very split opinion on this, actually, very split opinion. Uh, I said I'd probably go Palmer, but the general consensus was probably to go for Gross. So that's probably not going to help you. Uh, Tiffy Ferrero says, are you sad that Jurgen Klopp is leaving? Also, he's said of not managing in Tottenham in the future. He's all, uh, do you know what? We've taken the piss out of Klopp a lot, right? Through some of the things he said, I, I think have been, in the moment, I think maybe, because he's such a passionate bloke. Um, but I, I, and so, I love him. I love his, I love the way his team plays. I love the way his Dortmund played before Liverpool. Um, I admire him and his his philosophy and the intensity with his team's play. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I've taken the piss out of him a lot, but partly because I massively respect him so much, actually. I mean, one of the greats um, in Premier League history and in Liverpool's as well. Um, I've often said, I've often had the question, who would you... You know, if you could choose any manager, who would you want at Tottenham? And I've, I've said Klopp a number of times, actually, in terms of that intensity football was far more akin with, you know, Pochettino's Tottenham than what I've seen over the last couple of years. So I think that that's, I've always been drawn to that. The offensive style of play, the, the dare to take risk, if you will. Um, I wouldn't foresee Jurgen Klopp managing any other Premier League team. I'd be very, very surprised if that ever happened. Uh, I am also quite happy with the manager I have at the moment and would be more concerned about him potentially being Klopp's replacement. Uh, Blue Nose Ollie says, good afternoon, James. What are your thoughts on the Jed Spence stories? Were you aware he was a rotten egg? I mean, aware, I don't have ITK on it, but surprise, no. Um, there were some concerns when he was bought. I did see a story in the last couple of weeks, though, that even though Antonio Conte... Alongside, oh, it's a club signing. Supposedly, Conte spoke to Spence himself, is the word. And then he got hold of him and was like, oh, I'm not sure about this. I'm going to put it back on the club. That probably sounds like an Antonio Conte thing to do, actually. Because it did very much feel like Spence would fit into Conte's system. It really did. I think you, you could kind of see the kind of Victor Moses comparison um, in terms of what he could do as a wing back for Tottenham. And it was a real kind of push for it to get him in the team. A lot of us didn't understand it. He came on in a League Cup game at Forest when we were awful. And he just had a bit of purpose and drive about what he was doing um, in sort of 15 minutes or so. He was seen. Then the World Cup happened. Then he didn't really have a look in again. And I remember he came on against Peterborough in the third round of Cup. And he looked like he was under massive instruction. When you get it, like don't run with it. Don't, don't do anything with it. Just pass the ball just pass the ball backwards. And that's all he did. And I thought, that's not the player we signed. Then then obviously he went out on on loan. He went to, to Rennes in France. When he came back in the summer, it became very clear straight away that he was not going to work into a Postacoglu system. Not because he couldn't play fullback. He can. He could also play as a wide forward as well, I think. But his understanding of the roles... And also his willingness to work off the ball. I think he played maybe 10 minutes against West. He might have played a half against West Ham, maybe in the first preseason game. And he stood out as the worst player. He stood out as the worst player, not because he did anything badly with the ball. He stood out as the worst player because of his work rate. And that's the manager's first time looking at you in a football match. And that was for me then, okay, we got a problem here. So I'm not surprised. Not surprised at all. 
Kenneth Faz says, no questions. Just want to say thanks for the content, James. Appreciate your relentless work. Thank you very much. Uh, Greg Frost says, having listened to the latest Clash of Correspondence, I implore you to check uh, the Wolves and Newcastle home rotation between 23 and 32. Okay, home rotation, Wolves and Newcastle, 23 to 22. So we've got, believe it or not, I've literally got it sitting in front of me right now. So we've got uh, Luton at home, Brentford at home, Bournemouth at home, Sheffield United at home, Wolves at home, Fulham at home, West Ham at home, open spreadsheet up a little bit bigger, Everton at home, and then West Ham at home again. Yeah, good. Like that. Um, one problem with that might be, though, um, 29 is Wolves v Bournemouth. Now, Bournemouth are one win away from making sure that's not a fixture in game with 29. So that rotation might not help you in game with 29. But the theory, yep, that's pretty good. Quite like that. So if you're looking at sort of a, uh, an eight Norrie slash Botman combination, perhaps for those on wildcard. Yeah, good suggestion that. Thanks for that. Uh, Ulrich uh, Arnett says, play Tony or Palmer and Gabriel or Estupanam. Uh For me, I would not want to bench Ivan Tony in any football match. He will definitely have a chance against Tottenham because everybody does. Wouldn't be benching Tony. Uh, Gabriel or Estupanan, I, I think against... Luton, you, you're looking at the upside of of Estupin and it. That said, Forrester got a set piece problem, and uh, he uh, Gabriel is Arsenal's biggest threat from them as as we've seen. But having just scored once, essentially very nearly twice in the last game, uh, I think there'll be a lot of tension on stopping Gabriel from that perspective. So I mean, Estupin for me, I think. Uh, Hanny says, which combo would you prefer long term? Uh, he says, trying to move his screen. KDB and Estupanan or Salah and Van Heck, provided they're always fit and starting. Uh, that might be defined by which other City players you want and your faith in just Captain Holland, say, every week, right? Because if, you, if you're never going to Captain Salah, then, you know, do I definitely prefer Estupanan to Van Heck? Yes. Um, but do I prefer Salah to De Bruyne? Yes. So it might be defined by other people and captaincy. On the face of it, for me right now, if you were saying they were all fit, Salah and Van Heck, I think. But it's not as straightforward as that, is it? James Brennan says, Hi, James, bench free of Van Dyke, Walker, Garnacho, Palmer and Tony, if all fit. Garnacho and Van Dyke, I think. Uh, also, how do you think Liverpool fare without Klopp? New manager dependent, but I think he... He got more out of the squad than most could. Yeah, I mean, probably certainly over the longevity. Yes, um, I don't doubt that. So as like already said, it's going to be really difficult to replace, mate. Uh, Manon, sorry, mate. You find someone else to stream if you don't like it, mate. Um, MJ says uh, prioritize replacing uh, Matthew Cash or Archer to Darwin. Need to set up my team for game week twenty six blanks. Prioritise replacing Matty Cash. Yeah, I, mean, I probably would, to be very honest. Yeah. Uh, Archer, I'd be keen to move on to Darwin now. I'd probably, for me, Darwin wouldn't stay a million miles from my thoughts. Probably come back to that 24, I think. Cash, I'd probably be looking to, to move on personally. Alex Richards says, hi, James. I have a midfield of Salah, Foden, Saka, Palmer and Gross. Who would you sell Salah for? 
You got Foden, Saka, Palmer, Gross. Again, this is a little bit dependent to strategy, right? So I would say on the face of that, it, it's possibly KDB, isn't it? But I'm sorry, it's a shit answer. I don't know what I'm doing yet, and I'm possibly buying a midfielder. That's the one on top of the agenda right now. I probably wouldn't invest in Tottenham new at this stage, but I might see James Madison tonight and might be going on Monday. I'm going James Madison. I've seen enough. That's possible. Uh, Kenneth Vaz says, uh, do you have uh, an eidetic memory? I mean, I don't know what that means. That's, that's too posh a word for me. How do you remember these old games with ease? I can barely remember my breakfast because I haven't had breakfast. Uh, I don't know. I haven't got much space. I was, I, I was, I was discussing this with Clayton yesterday, actually. Now, there's not a lot of room left. Like the more recent stuff is more difficult to remember than the 90s and the, the 2000s and stuff. I haven't got much space in my brain for much other than, than football. It's just the way it is for me. I, sometimes I wish it wasn't like that, but it's useful as well. P. Macker says, uh, Jürgen said to me, you know, and Balin end the season, you know, he said so. Uh, Jovan Kanija says, hi, James. Sell Saka or Palmer, Foden or Richarlison for captain. Thanks. As said previously, I think Foden uh, for me is, is the the, the most likely at the moment and I, I do want a City player so I think Foden uh, and sending Saka or Palmer it's not straightforward is it because there's got to be a money related answer to that right um, although you can break it down and say well Palmer's performed like an 8 million midfielder this year so perhaps there shouldn't be too much between them but I think look realistically the fact that it's City 24 Liverpool now blank 25 almost definitely could be blank 29 as well He's probably move on Palmer as well. Admittedly, Saka would blank in that case as well. But yeah, Saka carries you through better. So if, if the money's not a problem, then it's sell Palmer, really. Uh, David Fawn says, Hi, James. Tempted by Walker this week. Do you feel Stones could impact on Walker's minutes in any way? I'm tempted by Walker too, mate. Um, I'm more I'm more tempted by... Is it going to impact him positionally? I spoke about this on the pod um, last not last week, week before on the, on the Monday when discussing the Newcastle City game about Walker and Gvardiol's positioning and again, how John Stones may have an impact on that. I'm interested in Walker because he's playing really advanced. Um, but I think John Stones returning might might more have an impact on that rather than the minutes. Also consider if John Stones going to step out from centre-back, you really are moving more towards a, a back three set-up. Now City kind of set up in more like a 2-3-5 at, at at periods at Newcastle, which is more kind of like Tottenham's set up actually. Now that becomes more three two five if John Stones goes to move to join Rodri into midfield. And therefore Walker, I think it's right sided centre back then and it becomes far less interesting. So I'm more concerned about the impact on him positionally rather than the minutes as such. Greg Frost says Ronnie Rosenthal, that was one of the first match of the days I remember. I didn't get into football massively until eleven. I thought Rosenthal must be a world star after seeing that. Yeah, uh, it was a one-off, mate. It was a fluke. None of us can believe it happened either. Uh, Eshank says, Hi, James. Thoughts on getting kudos back early. Would he be expected to start next game week? Zero reason why not. It's gone or out, obviously, right? West Ham don't play till Thursday. They don't have a game this weekend. There's no reason to think Mohamed Kudos won't come straight back in next week. And his other players, Rain 8 Nori, will obviously return for, for Wolves as well. And do keep an eye on a few others uh, with AFCON and, and the Asia Cup. Um, Sonny, for example, 
now play Saudi Arabia on Tuesday. Now, we, we, I said earlier, we'll know before the deadline, actually. I think, I'm pretty sure it's an earlier kickoff. Um, if he if he's coming home or not. Now, he's he's not going to start against Brentford in game week 22, is he? But he might then start Everton in game week 23. That's Tuesday to Saturday. I think anything that's longer than three days, we just have to view that as them coming back from international duty and they're back available straight away. FPL Prem Tipster says, my missus is due a day before the deadline. I wish you the best of luck, mate. There's still no sign of a baby. I've got two free transfers, so I don't know whether to lock in one free transfer just in case we need to leave. What would you do? Um, look, how into your FPL are you? If you're casual, with respect, and you know it's going to be 100% out of your brain, then get something done. If you're anything like my experience, you'll have plenty of time to make transfers during the labour because <laughs> it was like an all-dayer for my missus. So you'll have time. You'll have, you'll have time. And you, you'll want a few minutes of take your mind off something, I think. I'd, I'd, personally, if it was me, I'd leave it. Um, but more importantly, very best of luck, mate, to you and, and your other half. I hope baby will be well. Uh, Owen Wilson says, where does Klopp rank in all-time Prem managers? High. But, in terms of Premier League specific, um, it's got to be behind Pep. It's got to be behind Ferguson. To be honest, as much as I'd love to say it, possibly even put Mourinho uh, in there just on the volume of titles, right? So Arsene Wenger longevity as well. Three, three titles, yeah. So it'd have to be behind Wenger as well. Um but the game's also evolved. And also, if Klopp wasn't walking into this Manchester City, I'm sure his Liverpool would have won a lot more, right? So in terms of one of the greats, you know, best team that never won the league by miles, 97 points not winning the league is the joke, isn't it? So, great. Yeah, you're you're talking debatable top five, definitely top 10 would be my review, uh, my personal view. Um, uh, Owen Wilson says... Also, you will record a special episode with Dan about Liverpool. Yep, Tuesday, booked in. You should know me better, mate. Yeah, I've, I've been in touch with Dan this morning. I said, look, let's do a, a little bit of a tribute podcast if you can get that into the schedule, which is handy because I had one gap next week and I wasn't sure what I was going to do. So, yeah, the plan will be to release a pod with Dan on Jurgen Klopp's period as Liverpool manager on Tuesday. Uh, Francis Dogan says, bench boost with free City but no KDB. Free Liverpool, no Salah. Three Arsenal, two Spurs, one Luton, one Brentford for the double or triple captain that's got KDB. Uh, there's a lot going on there, Francis, and it's never as simple as how many Arsenal players or how many Liverpool... Uh, have you got someone who's a rotatable doubt in a game week like that, like Canate, for example? So it's not so much the, the how many from each team. It's the who is quite important here. You you yourself will know if they're risks or not. Um, on the face of it, don't mind it. I've said this before that I think a few people should look at it. I think the one stumbling block to a lot of people considering a bench boost in 25 is ownership of Chelsea players. If you're sitting there with like me with Gusto Palmer and I've used it, so it's irrelevant. If you're sitting there with Gusto Palmer and you want to look at your weakest bench in 25, bearing in mind Chelsea got Man City away, it, you know, it doesn't feel right, does it? Whereas if you haven't got any Chelsea or perhaps you've just got Palmer and there's a route to sell him further down the line. Yeah, I've said 
pretty much the rest of the expected top 10. So that includes your West Ham's Brighton's. Um, have good fixtures in 25. And you can add in your, you know, your Tonys, your Luton players with doubles, etc. Look at it. I will speak about this again on Monday, no doubt, because I don't think the bench boost in 37. I just think it's going to be really difficult to manipulate this year. I think the fixtures will be tough. Um, I think a lot of people will end up well kind of sort of game with 30 or 31 or so. And then it's a long period. It's a long period then to game week 37. Game week 34, I don't think, I, I think it's so dangerous to bench boost. And I see a lot of people talking about this. And there will be teams who double in 34 and you might have bits of it. But consider this. This is really important for game week 34. There will be four teams, probably. Might be less, might only be two or three, subject to our championship clubs progress. Let's say there's four, right? Let's say, you know, it's City, Liverpool, Chelsea and Wolves, whatever, right? Those four teams would all play in game week 34, probably. Well, in fact, definitely. But it all play in the midweek after playing an FA Cup semi-final weekend. I would not want a bench boost with a player who's got a single game week fixture that's got an FA Cup game before that that could go to extra time, etc. I wouldn't be very keen on that. And I think that is a huge drawback of game week 34. Now, particularly if it's your likes of City, Liverpool, right? Well, you're going to have some of it, aren't you? So you're automatically will look at 37. So I think alternatives should be considered. And I think Chelsea ownership might be a key point to whether people consider it in 25 or not. Also, if Haaland's not back, and if Salah's not back, do we have the faith to use the triple captaincy in other players? Now, I probably would under my circumstance. Too. I'd think if Haaland was definitely out, I might just triple captain Alvarez. Um, I suspect he'll be back. And that's my most likely play, by the way. But I do think, yeah, people should look at it. And if you look at it and you hate it, and I've looked at a few and I think, no, it doesn't work for you. The majority of you it won't work for. But if it does work for some of you, I think you should consider it. Greg Frost says, uh, doubt you'll make it down here, but I can see uh, Klopp being the next England manager now. I really hope he is. I think Germany manager is probably more likely, mate. Uh, P. Macca says, Klopp will be off to Saudi with Salah. Maybe. Uh, Carl Miller says, give us a few potential FA Cup upsets for the weekend. Uh, okay. Uh, Bristol City to beat Nightingale Forest tonight. Um... I've tried, there is one I was thinking of for tomorrow. Um, West Brom to get something against Wolves, even if it's a replay. Wrexham to win at Blackburn Monday would be one, I think. Wrexham are going to outnumber them in the ground. Um, the Saturday fixtures, is there one? No, I don't, I don't think so. So I, the main one, I, I think, I mean, it's reasonable to predict is Bristol City to beat Forest tonight, subject to what the Forest team looks like, maybe. Um, Greg Frost says he thinks the time of the Klopp announcement could win them the league. For Greendale says, I mate, I need to bench two of Wood, Mudrick, Garnacho, and Ben Brereton Diaz. <laughs> My team's a mess, lol. Please advise. Okay. Um, Mudrick, I have heard rumour that he might have a problem for tonight, so that could have a bearing on it. I think away to Liverpool, yeah, that's that's probably him bench. What's Diaz got? Palace away. That's not bad. Wood's Arsenal. 
part of that might be influenced by if you've got Arsenal defender. So if you're looking to play Gabriel, then I would it's close enough that I'd prefer just to go like with the all-in strategy. Um, I think probably play Diaz. If you haven't got an Arsenal player, I probably would. If you have, I'd probably play Garnacho. Uh, Horde of Faces, good afternoon, James. If you have activated wildcard already this week, what are the options to pick in a wildcard team? Ask me Monday, mate. That's so important. So important. Like, it, it's not a terrible week to do it because the information. But at the moment, you're just playing the market and you're making decisions from Sunday night. I, 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 I arguably, if I was on wildcard now, I arguably wouldn't even want to look at it till Sunday. It's waste time looking at something and then... Something happens such as, I say my team beat City tonight. The landscape changes potentially quite a lot. Um, so it's really, it's really difficult to say. Look, what I would say is City definitely, free City. Would I, if I was wildcarding now, would I be going to Tony? Probably. Would I have someone like Alfie Doughty? Yes, probably. But I'd also have an awareness of 26. So I'd probably be, Palmer wouldn't be in it, I don't think, as an example. Um, I'd arguably maybe go possibly one maximum Tottenham, which might be like Poro, and then a, a preparation to move him on to a defensive asset in 26, either say he or Trent. And similarly, whether Liverpool double or not is going to have a big impact as well. Because if we, for whatever reason, thought Liverpool weren't going to double in 25, then the attractiveness of them lessens. Now, as long as they win Sunday, and we expect them to, then my hypothesis will be that the, the double game week announcement would follow in the in the days afterwards. It would whether that would be before twenty two deadline or not, couldn't say for sure. But I'd I'd have to work on the basis that it would. And even that's a bit shit. Imagine you don't get the announcement. Really the should act. Because from from Sunday to when Liverpool should play Luton it's three and a half weeks. So it shouldn't be any mucking about. Really it, they should be announcing it on Monday. It's not to say that they would, but that's what they should I mean they should even announce it Sunday night because it should be in place to know Right, that's what we're going to do. Uh, Torben Nielsen says, any news on Trent? Yeah, it's not clear at the moment. There's every chance he'll be in the squad on Sunday. If not, he'll probably be in the squad against Chelsea. Whether he starts or not, it's possibly a little bit more doubtful. Robertson's back, so he can always shove Gomez to right back. Connor Bradley's covered quite well there as well. So it's probably not a panic from Liverpool's perspective. Definitely one in my Arsenal. That's a certain say. Um, I would imagine I own him. My expectation at the moment would be that he'd probably play. Ruben Villa says, uh, good morning, James. Should I stick with Gabriel Jesus or get rid for Darwin? Is Saka a sell or a sell for Jota? Um, I think if you're in doubt there, rolling might be a good way to go. That said, then you've got Arsenal-Liverpool walking into each other. But I think if if you're not sure if you can make the decision in 24 with all the info, that would be more beneficial. FPL Fella says, with Pep uh, saying on Holland, we need to just be ruthless. Uh, hang on. I might have misread that, mate. With Pep, RE Holland, we just need to be ruthless with selling these injured players and just bring them back when fit. Yeah, again, that's discussion I had yesterday um, with one of our patrons. I said, like, ideally, we don't really want to plan in minus fours. But let's take Salah as an example for 25 and we don't need the money for him, and then we get there, and it, oh, it looks like he's definitely going to play, then just take minus four to get him back. As long as that minus four option is left open, yeah, we can be ruthless about that, mate. 
Uh, FPL Copycat says, hi, James, great content. How do you think today's Spurs v City game will go? Uh, I think it should be a great game. I think you should all watch it. I think my team has every chance tonight. Um, despite the historical record, you normally go into the game with uh, fear of what's going to happen because they're so much better. That playing field is leveled a little bit. We've got players back fit. Very importantly, Romero, Van der Ven, Benson Corp, Madison tonight as well. Uh, not having Sonny's a blow, but as it is for them, not having Haaland. I'm interested um, in, the, in the pressing from City. City pressed very aggressively in the game in December, but Tottenham had Emerson Royal and Ben Davis playing at centre-back. I think they'll probably try and shove into Van der Ven and try and block off the ball down the left-hand channel or into Rudogi. Um, but I think trying and forcing Van der Ven wide might be part of their strategy and make sure it's not Romero as part of the distribution. That that might be, there might be a, a more, I'll say more strategic, strategic for City to be aggressive actually to do very similar in the league game in the sense they kept forcing it to Emerson Royal. But this time they want to do it the other way around. They probably want to force the ball to Van der Ven. Now, Van der Ven's better on the ball than, than Emerson, so he can still pick a pass. I'm interested to see if that makes City a little bit more hesitant in the press tonight. Um, my team puts players in positions that are incredibly awkward and difficult to pick up. I've said to a few of our patrons that I think giving Pep Guardiola 13 days to think about a football match, which is likely to be a tactically challenging game, means that he might be liable to try something stupid. Um, and sometimes that works and sometimes it doesn't, but I wouldn't be surprised if suddenly tonight it's like, is that a back three or like, I'm, I'm prepared for that sort of thing to be a possibility just because I think he can get in, into this and think, well, I want to, want to outmaneuver him. I've got time to implement something and try something different. I don't think he'll do that, but it also wouldn't come as a huge shot to me. I look at the team side, I think it's, that's five city defenders there. It's not completely improbable that they, they do something like that. I don't think so. Could he do something different and wild? Yes, probably. Is my team capable of beating them? Yes. Yeah, very much so. So, look, we know who the favourites are, um, but I think there's every chance we get a result tonight. I'm I'm not scared. If we get beat, they're a better team and, and we know it. But I'm not, I'm not scared. I can't wait for this. Should be a cracking game of football. Uh, we will finish with uh, KKGM says, Fried Brie or Fried... Uh, Camembert, uh, Brie, but for me, probably neither. I've been going for over an hour, guys. So I'll, I'll leave it there. Sorry to those I haven't got to in the questions. I can see Borges' comment says, Happy Australia Day. So, Happy Australia Day, mate. Uh, happy Australia Day to Ange as well, if it is Happy Australia Day, and, and Happy Australia Day to all our Australian listeners down under. Um, next week, Chip Strategy Podcast Monday, as said now. It's locked in with Dan Lord for a podcast on Liverpool and Jurgen Klopp on Tuesday. We will touch on FPL assets as well towards the end of that, I'm sure. Wednesday, Sky Fantasy Football Pod. Uh, Thursday, our streams will be Thursday next week. Um, that's so we can do the Game Week Review Podcast on Friday. If you want to support the show, it's www.patreon.com forward slash planet FPL. Uh, our podcast next week will include a game week preview podcast on Tuesday and Friday, our Q&A Monday, probably a bit of Tottenham and something else that I haven't decided yet. Money and football quiz, something like that. 
if you want to support the show, it's www.patreon.com forward slash planet FPL. Do it because you want to support the show and the free stuff, which apparently not everybody likes because I take too long over some questions, uh, or because you want the additional content. Right, that's all for now, guys. Enjoy the very best of uh, enjoy the very rest of your weekend and the very best of luck to all of those whose teams are playing in the FA Cup this weekend. Cue music, please, man shot. The Fantasy Football Show. Sports Social Podcast Network.